and they're all nice people, right? These aren't <laughs> these aren't criminals. These are all right. You've got to respond. Uh, they're they're protesting. They're annoying. They're, delaying traffic is under them, you know. Okay, you have a response, but you have a response as we have had a response for 50 years in dealing with uh, protesters, uh, but it's not sending them to jail. These are, without exception, all good people, all non-violent people. Uh, I don't want to see them in jail. That's Mark Davis from the Adelaide law firm of Xenophon Davis who was interviewed on the ABC's Radio National show, Sunday Extra, where he talked about penalties being applied to climate protesters, in particular, in this case, Violet Coco. Welcome. This is the latest episode of Climate Conversations. It's so great to have you on board. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton, in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people, and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. You'll find a link to that ABC Sunday Extra show featuring Mark Davis in the show notes. A conference featuring countries from all around the world in Montreal, Canada, aimed at protecting the world's biodiversity, is wrapping up. And one of those who was there was South Australian Green Senator Sarah Hanson-Young. And she was interviewed just today on Radio National, on ABC's Radio National. And here is just a little piece of what she said, and you'll find the link to the entire story in the show notes. Well, there's been a lot of talk. Um, these, uh, this particular conference is actually almost two years late. It uh, got delayed because of uh, COVID. And so there's been two, two years and, and two weeks worth of negotiations and trying to thrash this out. Um, the the text that was put on the table uh, today that the ministers now are finalising is weaker than what uh, many of us wanted. This was meant to be the Paris uh, moment for nature and for our environment. Um, there are some good targets in there, uh, but uh, the key crucial target around uh, halting and stopping extinction um, has been watered down significantly. Um, it's disappointing to see that, uh, but you know this is... Uh, this is a crucial moment. Uh, it is important. The talks are still going. And regardless, uh, there are many countries who have committed, made their own commitments uh, to increasing their efforts to halt biodiversity loss, to protect our uh, beautiful planet and to restore uh, nature. We know we are at a tipping point. Meanwhile, the New Daily has a story that says, Australia promises more cash for nature. Australia has promised ongoing funding to help developing countries protect nature as the Environment Minister heads to crucial biodiversity talks in Canada. But exactly what will that look like hasn't been spelled out. Tender Plibersek is attending COP15 in Montreal, a UN gathering attempting to thrash out a new deal to halt and reverse devastating declines in nature by 2030. Independent Senator David Pocock has gone with her saying Australia must show strong leadership in negotiations and not let ambition falter in the closing stretch of the two-week conference. And meanwhile, we hear from The Guardian. The US touts support for biodiversity, but at COP15, it remains on the sidelines. Only two countries in the world have not joined the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, the Vatican and the US. Few have missed the Holy See. 
but the US not joining the CBD 30 years ago has been described as the major holdout among countries looking to support the Convention's goals. In Montreal, when negotiations for this decade's UN biodiversity targets are entering their frantic final stages, the absence of the US political machine is noticeable, changing the power dynamics in talks between the remaining 196 countries. The EU is the main player from the global north, and, as a result, weathers much of the criticism, accusations of hypocrisy and demands for money that the US is accustomed to getting in climate talks. And from ABC News we hear, computer modelling predicts climate change causing cascading animal co-extinctions. The story begins. Computer modelling has shown that a variety of vertebrae animal species found in locations across the globe could be cut by 27% by the end of the century. The simulation, conducted on one of Europe's most powerful supercomputers, also found that one extinction caused a cascade of extinctions that have been coined co-extinctions. The tool found that under the worst climate change prediction, 34% more species would become extinct than would be predicted when not considering co-extinctions. And we go back to The Guardian. COP15 negotiators close to agreeing nature deal as talks draw to an end. A potentially transformational agreement for nature is close to being reached at COP15 in Montreal, which could bring better protection for Earth's vital ecosystems such as the Amazon and Congo Basin rainforests, big reforms to agriculture, and better protection of indigenous territories and rights. But there are concerns that key issues are being overlooked. After four years of negotiations and 12 years since the last biodiversity targets were agreed in Japan, the Chinese president at COP15 put forward its recommendations for a final agreement after two weeks of intense negotiations at the UN Biodiversity Summit in Canada. And now we turn to a story from the Environmental Defenders Office. The heading for the story says, EDO's statement on recent harsh custodial sentences for climate protesters in Australia. It begins, The Environmental Defenders Office is deeply concerned by the recent trend in harsh custodial sentences and heavy-handed policing against climate protesters in Australia. In response to a recent 15-month custodial sentence with a non-parole period of eight months, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Association and Peaceful Assembly expressed alarm, stating that peaceful protesters should never be criminalised or imprisoned. Harsh new anti-protest laws were rushed through New South Wales Parliament in April without consultation. The laws were a knee-jerk response to escalating climate protests around roads rails and ports. Now we hear from an associate professor at Monash University, Anita Foister, who has written on the conversation. Clearer rules could soon put us on a path to decarbonising corporate Australia. She writes, Australian company directors have long had legal obligations to identify, disclose and manage material financial risks to the company, where risks result from climate change or from measures to mitigate climate change, they have an obligation to address and report these. But until now, there have been no clear rules on how to report. A new proposal from Treasurer Jim Chalmers, on which the government wants comment by February 17, will require a standardised, internationally aligned form of disclosure of climate-related risks and opportunities, phased in from 2024-25. 
Links for all those stories will be in the show notes. And yes, we've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. Once again, please take care.